You know, I have, uh, in, in the 42 years that I have preached here, I have preached um, over 5,000 sermons. That's a lot of sermons. Some of you have slept through some. some. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Well, you needed a nap, and you knew I wasn't going to preach any heretical stuff, so you, went, you relaxed a little bit. 5,000 sermons. And I've been, I've been for a month thinking about what to say this morning because it's just a different kind of morning. And it is the first day of a new beginning. And out of the foundations of the past, even greater things can be done. I don't believe God is through with any of us until he calls us home. As George Whitfield, the great preacher of the evangelical awakening in England, co-worker with John Wesley, said, My life is invincible until my work is finished. And that's true of all of us and each of us. But I've had a veritable kaleidoscope of emotions over the last uh, number of days. And so what I want to talk about for a few moments is if you took all 5,000 plus sermons, and that doesn't count what we've done on Wednesday night in Bible study and that sort of thing. But if you took it all and put it together and kind of boiled it down to its basic essential, it would be one thing. And that is, God loves you. God loves you. He doesn't love all of us. He loves each one of us. Separate, apart from everybody else on this planet, if you've been the only person who ever made a mistake, who ever failed, who ever sinned, who ever had a broken heart or a broken spirit, he would have done everything he did just for you. This is God's great love letter to you personally. God loves you. That's the message, really, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his own... Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But he goes on, listen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Our daughter Lisa, whom you saw up here a few moments ago, beautiful as she is and was as a little girl. She was nine years old and she was in church. Martha was singing in the choir, of course, and I was up here preaching. And in those days, our bulletin uh, had a back page that was blank. Where's the bulletin, Tommy? We, you all look at that bulletin. Do you see a blank space anywhere? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Oh, thank the Lord. We have returned to the faith of our fathers. This is, that is marvelous. For nearly every Sunday, we'd fill it up with all kinds of announcements and everything. You need, you need to have a blank page in every church bulletin, right? If the sermon gets dull, you can sit there and write notes and everybody thinks you're taking notes on the sermon. You can share recipes with people down the, down the aisle from you. Uh, you can write notes to the girl down the ball, down the next pew from you over there. And uh, you need to leave the back page for children that want to write or want to draw a picture. And uh, so Lisa did one, and here it is. And it, 
I was preaching that, ser- that Sunday on love, which I've preached on a lot. And grace, which is the corollary, corollary of love. The two go together. They are inseparable. But I was preaching on love and I was standing up here and Lisa was sitting out there, nine years of age. And she drew this picture and I've had it framed and hang it in my office, which I look at every time I walk in there. And there I am standing up here preaching away, my hair longer than it is now even. My hair long and I have a suit on that has patch pockets on it looking really mod. And I'm standing there and the choir in this picture, you can see it, maybe it's in pencil, so you may not be able to see it very clearly. But the choir, everybody in the choir is smiling. Y'all smile. Everybody in the choir smile. Now, in those days, the women, uh, most of the women had a flip hairdo. Not an SMU hairdo, but a flip hairdo. Had, had a flip hairdo, and that was pretty easy to, uh, a little easier to draw, just like this, you know. And everybody in the choir was smiling. And I'm standing up there, and out of my mouth, cartoon-like, is a line in a big circle, and it says, God loves us, and that's no joke. And you see from the choir certain people saying amen and then someone else saying yay, yay, amen. Amen is what you say if you go to the seminary. Yay is what you say if you go to church. Yay, amen. They're interchangeable. Amen, yay. Even down there from the deacons whom you cannot see, which was uh, an artistic uh, deletion that Lisa Lisa left out uh, in deference to them. They are some, some of them are saying, amen, yay. And the flags, the American flag over here and the Christian flag over here were both blowing in this direction. We had a strange wind blowing in church that Sunday morning, whirlwind of some kind. And then here is Jesus, this which is the centerpiece of our church living room, this worship center. And the theme of it is, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And there's Jesus with his arms outstretched. And Jesus, Lisa has, a, has him in the picture right above me. And he has a big smile on his face. And there I am saying, God loves us. And that's no joke. And out of the mouth of Jesus, great big circle. Amen. <laughs> well, when we got in the car to go home, uh, I said, Lisa, how was church today? She said, fine. And she, I said, what did you draw? And she had drawn this picture. And I took it and looked at it, and I cherished it the moment I looked at it, and I handed it to Martha. And Martha looked at it, and we were riding along. She kept looking at all the details of it, and you can see it in person after this service if you want to. Martha looked at me and said, Bugner, whenever you hear Jesus say amen to your preaching, you're really preaching. <laughs> well, I'm not sure he says amen to some of the stuff that some of us say as sincerely as we may be or sincere as we may be. But I tell you one thing he does say amen to. And he says it reverberating across the centuries. Right to your heart and to mine. He loves you. And that's no joke. God loves you. God so loved the world. We so often think of Jesus as coming to make God a Christian like God didn't love us or care for us. No, that verse of scripture that the world knows and has heard, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
There are a lot of different ways to perish. Not just in terms of our soul, but in our daily life, daily walk, daily work. You remember Simon Peter? He had the faith to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. It took a lot of faith for him to do that. He got out of the boat and started walking on the water. And he got out there and he began to see the waves. And he, he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the waves. And when he did, he started to go under. To perish. And he called out to Jesus. Save me or I perish. And Jesus reached out and took his hand, put him back up on the top of the waves, and together they walked back to the boat. Now, I do not know where you are in your life at this particular moment, but I know from my own experience times when I would begin to drift away from looking at the Lord. Oh, I grew up as a Christian, had a wonderful Christian mother and father, went into the service, and at times I took my eyes off the Lord. And I would cry out just like Simon Peter, Lord, save me or I perish. The waves of adversity may be engulfing you at this moment. The waves of broken dreams, broken heart, broken life, fear of the waves. And they're happening all over the world. Listen, you will not go under. You may get all the way up to your chin, but you'll not go under. You will not perish. He has promised that. With his strong hand, he will reach out and pick you up. And you will walk triumphantly over those waves of fear and adversity that may be sweeping across your life at this moment. Shall not perish. A woman caught in the very act of adultery was dragged before Jesus. And they said, this woman we caught in the very act of adultery. The law says we're supposed to stone her to death. What do you say? And Jesus kneeled down and started writing in the sand. The only thing he ever wrote that we know about, he just scribbled in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. But then he looked up and said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And the only sound they heard was the sound of the stones hitting the ground. And the crowd melted away. The accusers dispersed. And Jesus looked up and said, where are your accusers? She said, they've gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. Change your life. Move in a new direction. Life's better for you if you walk in the right and holy way. You're not condemned. God doesn't condemn you. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn us. But that the world through him might be saved. 
whatever it may be in your life that accuses you or that you accuse yourself or you dredge up out of the past stuff to accuse yourself, he has taken all of your sins away. Your sins are forgiven. I cannot say that. This church cannot say that. But Jesus Christ says that to you. Everybody in the world is forgiven. Everybody is forgiven. Everybody in hell is forgiven. They rejected forgiveness and that's the hell of it. His forgiveness is free. It's there. It's like the, like the air you breathe. Accept it. It's a gift. It's a gift. Your sins are forgiven. Neither do I condemn you, he said. Go and live in a new way and a right way and a holy way, and which will be a happy way in your life. A blind man sitting by the side of the road just outside Jericho named Bartimaeus. He was so inconsequential they didn't even give him a first name. They just called him blind, Bartimaeus. Bar is a Hebrew word for son, as you know, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Here was blind Bartimaeus sitting out beside the road begging. And he heard the crowd coming down the road and it was Jesus. And he heard the name over and over again as the crowd was coming along. And he'd heard that this Jesus helped people who couldn't see, who were rejected and hopeless. And so he cried out, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stopped the great eternal God that created these worlds and from whose fingers the stars dripped. For by him were all things made and without him was not anything made that was made. The great God of the ages stopped when a poor blind beggar called his name. And he'll stop in his tracks today just to hear you. You may not be able to see the, the, the future. You may not be able to see what's going on in, in your tomorrows. You may have a helpless feeling as he did. Whatever it is, you call upon him and he will stop and he will say as he did to Bartimaeus, bring him to me. You will not perish. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? I believe Jesus had a big smile on his face, bigger than Lisa had even in her drawing. What do you want me to do for you? And he asked you that day, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, Lord, I want to see. I want to see the fullness of life. I want to see purpose in my life. I want to see joy in my life. I want to see. And Jesus says to you and to you and to you and to me, your faith has saved you. See. And he saw. And the scripture says, and he followed Jesus down the road. I could have written that passage of scripture. And he followed Jesus down the road. He left his old coat beside the road. And he followed Jesus. And so call upon him today. And he will take what you need. And provide it. I went to the Baptist hospital late one night at the invitation of a man who told the nurse to call me. And I went down to see him and he said, Buckner, will you just tell me what it means to be a Christian? I sat there beside his bed and I talked and told him. 
And he said, I know that I do not have long to live. But he said, I'm, I'm a Christian and I believe everything you just told me. But I wanted somebody to hear it, to tell me again so I could hear it afresh and anew. He said, I believe that. And I said, I believe it too. And I had a prayer and left. About five or six o'clock in the morning, the nurse called and said, he's gone. I said, I know where he's gone. He's gone home. Come home. Jesus is calling you. Come home. We're going to sing an invitation. Just as I am, I come. Like Bartimaeus. Like the woman caught in the act of adultery. Like Simon Peter. Call upon him and he will answer you and do great and mighty things in your life. Let's stand and let's sing.